Welcome to Passion Life Church. I'm really excited this morning because we are starting a brand new series called Dominion. Everybody say Dominion. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. You know, one of the things uh, about being a pastor is that I love watching people grow. I love watching people and inspiring people, motivating people to go to the next level. But there's areas as a pastor that challenge me. It challenges me when I see people struggling. It challenges me when I see people who don't want to grow. You know what's funny is I did a personality test, a core strength test, and when I did that, the person who did the whole test, he says, you know what's interesting about your personality? He says, do you know what causes you conflict? I said, um, when I don't have coffee? I, 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 what, what, what? He says, you know what causes you conflict? I said, no. He says, what causes you conflict is when you can't help somebody. He says that, 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 and it's not like a prideful thing. It's just a challenging thing because it's part of the DNA and part of my purpose is I want to see people growing. I want to see people stepping into what God has for them. And I was thinking about this year. We've talked about so many incredible and amazing things. We talked about the power of priority. We talked about if God can use anyone, he can use me. We talked about the I am. We went through all the names of God. Do you remember that? Man, that, that was a pretty amazing series. And then we launched out into the deep. And then after that, we went into the grow series. And some of you were like, man, I'm so excited about growth. And when I was thinking about all that, launching into this new series, I thought, you know what? What a great year we've had. But today, this series, I think, is the key to unleashing what we've learned and stepping into the next level. How many of you are not finished growing? Let me see your hand. How many of you know this year is not over? We're not going to wait till January 1st, New Year's Day, to be able to grow. We can do it right here and right now. But I think this series on dominion is going to help us unleash what we've learned. Because the more truth that you know, the more freedom that's unlocked in your life. I want to live free. I think that that is why heaven is so appealing. Heaven is so appealing because when we think about heaven, we think of freedom. We think about no depression. We think about no anxiety, no pain. But you know what? The Bible says here we have truth, and if we know the truth, we can walk in freedom. But yet so many people, so many of God's children have never been taught about dominion. And that's why I think a lot of them are not living the abundant life that Jesus came to give them. So many Christians are living in a weak and broken down, defeated position, which is exactly what the enemy wants. Why? Because they fail to understand and exercise their God-given dominion. Come on, somebody say dominion. And the abundant life has been given and it's been made available to you and I, but we've got to take a hold of it if we want that to be our reality. I have a personal goal. My personal goal is that if God said it, I want it to be a reality in my life. If God it is, it tells me I can do it, I want to be able to do what he says I can do. But a lot of Christians live their lives in possession of dominion but, and authority, but yet they fail to exercise or use the authority that God has given them. I want you to think for a moment, if you're walking on the street and all of a sudden you find a key 
And this key, you look at the key, but you don't know what the key unlocks. You have the key. Now, this key could unlock a safe that has a couple hundred, hundred thousand dollars in it, but you don't know. This key could be a brand new car. This key could be to somebody's house, maybe a house that could be yours. You have the key, but guess what? You just don't know what it unlocks. And I was thinking about a lot of Christians today, they have the keys, but they're still not seeing things unlocked and unleashed in their life. But I believe this series is going to help you. Have you found Genesis chapter 1, verse 26? If you had, say, yes. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion. Come on, say dominion. Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, over the every creeping things and things that creep on the earth. So God created man in his own image and in his image and in the image of God, he created them male and female. I just want to stop here real quick. So when he's talking about man, he's talking about the species of mankind, man and women. He's not just talking about men. Cause I think that's important. As we talk about dominion, God just didn't give man dominion. He gave ladies and women dominion as well. Can I hear a good amen today? So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them male and female. See, there it's where it says that. He created them, then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. If you're taking notes, I've entitled today, Guard Your Garden. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, Guard Your Garden. In Genesis chapter 1, you see God's original design for the earth. You see God's original design for for mankind. Let me say it this way. You see God's original intent. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you a brief introduction because I felt like there are many of you that have never been taught about dominion. Maybe for some of you even thought that this was kind of just some, some prideful word. But it's actually in the Bible, and what I want to do is I want to be uh, just very um, methodical about teaching this, because I think once you get a hold of it, you're going to see the benefits of your life. But we're going to start here in the beginning, because notice what God said. He said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. This word image means moral, spiritual nature, the characteristics of a thing. So I want us to understand this is so amazing to me because God used himself as the material to make mankind. You can believe you came from a monkey. That's up to you. You may think the hair on your back that connects to your neck that connects to your head gives you evidence that you came from a monkey. But I'll tell you what, the Bible says that God used himself as the very material to make you and I because we are made in his image and his likeness. Man, that's powerful. God wanted mankind to have his own nature, his own nature. The word likeness means this, to be like, but this is key, to function as he functions. So if I want to know how to function as a human being, I have to study God. 
It's interesting how there's this term self-awareness that everybody's talking about. You can look inside yourself a lot and never find yourself. We don't need more self-awareness. We need more Jesus and God, Holy Spirit awareness, because when we go to him, he will show us how to function because we were made in his image and in his likeness. This is why I'm not looking within to myself. I've done that before, and I came to a place where I couldn't find myself. But Jesus and only him can make you the best version of yourself because he's the one that created you. Because you were created in his image and his likeness. Say, I'm valuable. This is why Jesus came to the earth in flesh. Can I just tell you this? Whenever you're struggling reading the Bible, this is why Jesus came. So we could actually look at him in flesh, looking at what he was doing so we can see. So you can debate healing all you want. But if you just ask yourself this question, did Jesus heal people? Did Jesus heal people? Yes. So I can debate, but if Jesus was healing people and that was not God's will, then Jesus was not doing God's will. But yet Jesus said, I only came to do the will of the father. So we can talk about whether healing is God's will, or I can just look at Jesus and said, if he did it, it is God's will. So Jesus came in the flesh. Why? To show us how to be supernaturally human. Because you're not just human, you're made in his image. He showed us how to be supernatural and human at the same time. So when you discover how God functions, you will know how you're supposed to function. Come on, is this good? So this breeds this question. How does God function? How does he function? Well, two ways. God functions by faith. He functions by love. Hebrews 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith has evidence and it believes before it sees. But if you continue to believe, then eventually you will see. But faith has two components. It is speaking and love. How did God create the world? He created it by his faith. How do we know that? Because he spoke it into existence. Right? The Bible says the earth was at without void. God didn't look at the world and go, wow, it's really without void. That's not what he did. God didn't look at the darkness and say, wow, this is really dark. You know what he did? He spoke light into the darkness. He spoke those things that were not as though they were. So he had to believe that light could be. So he spoke it before he saw it. But when he spoke it, then he saw it. I'm talking about function, and we are going to talk about our words in this, in this series because they're so important. Because God created the world with his words, and you and I are creating worlds that we live in and atmospheres in our home with the very words that we speak. That's why the Bible says this. The Bible doesn't say, let the weak say, oh, I'm so weak. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am well supplied in Jesus' name. Why? Because words matter. No, they don't, Pastor Phil. Okay, words don't matter. Walk in to your boss today and say, I quit. See if words don't matter. And then you say, oh, it was just a joke. He's like, yep, that's a great joke. It's such a great joke that you're going to live in it for the rest of your life. Words matter. Withholding words matter. Your wife comes up and says, you haven't said I love you lately. Well, I said it when we got married. Words matter. Can I hear a good amen? 
So faith has two components, speaking, and then it has a component of love, right? Faith works by love. God is love. That's why his faith always works. Let me say it this way. Love is the motivation. That's why your faith won't work when you're walking in bitterness. That's why faith won't work when you're walking in hate. That's why the Bible says you need to love your enemies, not so much for them. You need to love your enemies so your faith continues to work. Now, let me tell you what loving your enemy means. It doesn't mean that you invite them over for dinner when, you know, they have hurt you. That's not what it means. Actually, when you love your enemies, it means you pray for their salvation. That's what it means. It means because what they need is Jesus. But it also protects your heart by keeping you to walk in love because faith is easy when you walk in love. Now, I think this is going to bless you because as you look at creation, here's what's so interesting to me. I want you to notice where God placed Adam and Eve. This may actually change your whole perspective on God. The Bible says that God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Everybody say Eden. I thought, okay, everything in the Bible has meaning. What does Eden mean? It means this in the Hebrew. Are you ready? This is going to blow your mind. It means pleasure. Come on, say pleasure. It's okay for Christians to have fun. He put them in the garden of pleasure. You know what it also means? Delight. Watch this. The root word means the house of delight or the house of pleasure. It means, okay, this is going to blow your mind. For those of you that are like anti-prosperity people and like, I don't want wealth. That's okay. Listen, if you want to be poor, I don't want to fight with you. This word Eden means this, to enjoy oneself in a luxurious way, in luxurity. I hope you see the goodness of God. I hope you see his design. I hope you see how he wanted Adam and Eve to live in goodness. And the Bible says in John 10, 10, that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. That word is Zoe. It actually means the, the, the life that God himself enjoys. God gave them a garden, a garden of delight, of pleasure for them. He put man and woman there for, to enjoy. Can you see God's goodness there? Can you see that? That was his original design. And he wanted Adam and Eve to know, and he wants us to know, that that kind of life can be found in him. Because he created it. He created that. I thought, man, wow, God, you're so good. Now watch this. Then he gave them, in this atmosphere of Eden, he gave them a couple things. He gave them blessing. Come on, everybody say blessing. Now, this is called the law of first mention. This is where you see blessing at the first time. And I want us to notice the first blessing pronounced was with the instruction of what? Multiply and fill. Multiply and fill. How many of you know the blessing brings multiplication into your life? When you are under God's blessing, it will fill every empty area of your life. Can I hear a good amen today? So I want to walk in God's blessing, not just in my own self-effort. I want to walk in his wisdom, not just in my own intellect, because I know what his blessing can do. It can fill every empty part of your life. It can multiply the loaves and the fishes and leave your life, not just fill your life, not just fix your life, but fill your life to overflow. Can I hear a good amen today? And I was thinking about what he told them. 
he blessed them and he said, be fruitful and multiply. And I thought, wow, what is the boundary on this? You know what he says to them? He says, I want you to fill the whole earth. How many of you know we have a big God? And you know, when I was thinking about this, I think, man, Lord, I think so small. Because sometimes I'm just thinking about me, my family. You know, I think about our church. I love our church. I love this city. I love this neighborhood. I love this community. I love our nation. But for God, that's not enough. He says, the whole world and fill the whole earth. And I, when I was studying this, I was like, okay, God, now I understand. In my personal time, I've been reading Psalms 2 verse 8. Almost every day, he's been like, just coming me back to this scripture. Phil, ask of me. I will will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. I pray today that this ministry would not just touch you and your family and this neighborhood and our nation, but I pray that this message would free people all across the world. Can I hear a good amen today? Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. And can I tell you that that is happening in different parts and different Zoom things that I'm, I'm doing. And, you know, they've been asking me to come to Pakistan and do all of these things. And, and I just want you to know, you say, Pastor Phil, well, I'm not really doing that. Actually, if you're giving to this ministry, money moves, money travels. Because as you give to this ministry, we are actually giving to different churches to start churches. And we are reaching already parts of the world. Through, through your giving, you are starting to fill the earth. Can I just encourage you to have a bigger vision than just you, than just your family, that to say, man, we are going to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What God has put into my heart, he can actually use to reach the world. Anybody believe that? So he says, he blesses them. And then he says, I want you to subdue. The word means exercise authority exercise authority to bring under, bring under subjection. And then he says this. Now, listen, this is important. Hear me. In the atmosphere of Eden, in the atmosphere of the Bible says, what does it mean? Of luxury, luxury and delight. And I was thinking about that. I was like, ah, I get it. That's why God says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Don't seek desires first. Just start delighting in him and watch what will happen. But in this atmosphere, he tells Adam and Eve, he says it twice. He says, you have dominion. You have dominion. Dominion means this, to rule, have dominion, dominate, tread down, prevail against, reign. Now, Dominion over what? This got to be clear. The fish of the seas, the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over everything that creeps on the earth. Not people. He's not talking about dominating another human being. Listen, he's talking about the elements of the earth should be subject to us. Why? Because we are made in his image and his likeness. You do not have to live afraid of the world and the elements of the world. Yes, you are in the world, but you are not of the world because you are made in his image and likeness. I want to remind us of that. I'm not just subject to what's going on. My finances aren't just subject to our president and the economy and inflation. No, I'm living by the kingdom of God. And you know what? There's dominion. Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle. Come on, ladies, over everything that creeps. 
That means you don't have to scream when you see that spider. You have dominion. Come on, say, I have dominion. You have dominion. Let me, can I speak real quick to our dog lovers, just real quick, all of you that have dogs? Dominion means when you walk your dog, you walk the dog. The dog does not walk you. Is that dominion? No, dominion is. Come on, somebody. I see some of you. Walking, and the dog is just taking you. And I'm like, they need to come to our series. You're supposed to have dominion. But I think it's funny as we laugh, but it is a picture of some people in the world because life circumstances just pulling them every which way. But I'm thankful that you're tuning in today. I'm glad that you're here because you're going to learn how God has given you everything you need to enjoy the garden that he gave you and to make it grow. But he also says you have to guard the garden. Let me say it this way. We have to guard God's goodness in our life. Everything about this was good. Another boundary that he said was he says, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He gave them everything they need, but he did never wanted mankind to experience evil. But we need to understand that in this garden, the enemy is not just going to sit back and watch you live the God kind of life. The enemy is not going to give you an amen and go, wow, you've really achieved. Wow, you're really going to the next level. Wow, I'm so glad that you're walking in your healing. No, as a matter of fact, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, he wants to rob you of the goodness of God. I don't know if I should say it, but I'm going to say it. God is good whether you're experiencing him or not. But part of the reason why we don't experience the goodness of God is because we allow the enemy to come in and we don't exercise the authority and the dominion that he's given us to guard the goodness of God in our life. The Bible says, John 10, 10, the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life. This is the Zoe life, the abundant life. He says, and have it more abundantly. So let's watch. The Bible says this, the thief comes, and then Jesus says, I come. The thief comes, I come. The thief comes, I come. Now, which one are you going to respond to? Which one are you going to live in? Because God had given Adam and Eve dominion to defeat the enemy. He was already, he, he could not defeat them. They had to give him an inroad. They had to open a door in their garden. But Adam and Eve didn't realize that there was an enemy that wanted to rob them from the goodness of God. They didn't realize that there was an enemy that wanted to rob them from the life that God had given them. So Satan, listen, he can't just take from you. That's why it's called stealing. You have to open up your door. You have to, he has to have an inroad. Can I ask you this? How do I give the enemy an inroad into my life? Number one, not knowing truth. Why? You'll believe a lie. What lie? Well, the first lie is there's no such thing as an enemy. There's no such thing as Satan. So you don't have to even believe that the enemy exists. Can I tell you this? If you don't believe he exists, he's already stealing from your life because that's a lie. 
So you're already being robbed of what? Knowledge. Now, Satan doesn't show up in a red cape and a pitchfork and poke you in the butt and say, I'm the enemy. Trick or treat. No, listen. He showed up as a snake subtly. Listen, the enemy showed up with a suggestion. That's it. A suggestion. He slid as a snake and was subtle with a suggestion that piqued Eve's curiosity. Listen to me. Here is the suggestion. And this is so relevant to all of us. You ready? Here's what he suggested. What God has given you isn't enough. What God has given you isn't enough. He said, if you will eat of this tree, you will be like God. Here's the challenge. He was tempting them to be who they already were. Because they were already like God. They were already made in his image and his likeness. But they didn't believe it. And so they thought that God was holding out. Watch this. The enemy wants you to have the wrong view of God, that he's holding out on you. He's not holding out on you. He gave them everything that they need. I was reading this morning how the Bible says God has given us all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Well, you know, Pastor Phil, I'm not walking in that. Well, welcome to the Dominion series. Can I hear a good amen today? Because God is good, and I want you to experience his goodness. But you're going to have to guard your garden against the enemy who is suggesting to you that what God has given you isn't enough. Hear me, my church family. The joy that God gives us is enough joy to spill over. The peace that God gives us is strong enough to withstand any storm. The faith that God gives us is strong enough to move mountains. The patience that God gives us is strong enough to endure any situation in any circumstance what God has given us is enough and more than enough I'm telling you there's joy for your life but what do we do we think like the enemy suggests it's not enough so I got to go out I got to go party I got to go smoke this I got to go smoke that why because we believe a lie if you could just get the joy of the Lord activated in your life, you wouldn't have to look outside of your relationship with him. Amen. But we don't know. We, we don't understand. But yet he gives them authority. You know, another inroad that the enemy needs is fear. That's what, that's what Adam and Eve were going through. FOMO. Fear of missing out. What, 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 what are we missing out on? Think about it. They're in the garden of pleasure. In the garden of delight. And yet the suggestion is they still don't have enough. They still don't have enough. God wants, the enemy wants you to have an incorrect view of God. Fear of missing out. You know what fear causes? Doubt. And so Adam and Eve are experiencing the garden of Eden, pleasure, the goodness of God. And with the suggestion, did God really say? Isn't that what we have to deal with today sometimes? And the things that we go through is like, well, is God's word really true? Right? Is God's word really, can I really, can I really put my faith in? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. 
because fear begins to bring doubt with it. And listen, here's what fear does. It starts to have you doubt the character of God. You know, Adam gave, God gave Adam and Eve everything they needed to guard their garden. They had the dominion, but they never exercised that dominion. So watch this. Look at their options, and it's the same options that we have today. We can have dominion, or we can be disobedient. We can have dominion, or be disobedient. When Adam and Eve fell, when man began a dis, when, when man became a disobedient creature, he began to work against his own nature. Think about that for a minute. What do you mean? God made him to rule, and now he's being ruled by sin. God made him to rule, but now he's being dominated by sin. Why is he being dominated by sin? Because he didn't use his dominion. And many of you in this room, all of you as a child of God, have dominion. But do you use it? Do you use the authority that you have? Now, because they didn't use the dominion they had, they lost it. Handed it over to the enemy. Now, I know many of you in this room, those of you that are watching, you're like, Pastor Phil, you know, I just, I just wish the world was conflict-free. Peace to the world. I hate conflict. I know. I haven't had or met anybody that says, I love conflict. I love it. And you just wish that there was no enemy. And so you almost kind of just think like little kids. Have you ever seen like little kids when they close their eyes? They think because they're closing their eyes, nobody can see them. You can't see me. No, we can see you. And so sometimes we want to live in this world that we create that we say, Listen, I'm just going to go home, go to work, pay my bills, go to the grocery store. Satan, leave me alone. And we think he will. And you believe a lie because the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal from you, kill, and destroy. And you believing that he doesn't exist or you crying, please don't touch my family. Please. You think that is going to give you power over the enemy? No, my church family, listen, although the enemy is defeated, you need to know this. He is not passive. We cannot be passive. First Peter chapter five, verse 12 says, be sober, be vigilant, be vigilant, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he goes around like a roaring lion watches walking about seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't care if you cry. He doesn't care if you feel sorry for yourself. He doesn't care if you don't, you don't think he exists. He wants to devour people. And the Bible says, says this, that he is seeking. He is not passive. So what does that mean? You're going to have to stand up to him. Can I hear a good amen today? And the good news is that you have the dominion and the authority to do it. But who does the enemy devour? He devours those people that don't exercise their God-given dominion. And you got it, but you got to exercise it or it does you no good. You know, before we moved to um, 
California from Texas, a friend of mine gave me a P90X. I don't know how many of you know what that is, but that was like the original CrossFit. Like you did all of these different exercises and they were different like every week and you watched the thing and, and man, it was just incredible. Like you get really cut like Marcos and you know, you just like kind of like, man, you're this thing, right? And he gave me this box. Like back then it was like $350, a bunch of infomercials. It was awesome. And he gave it to me in this beautiful box. I was so thankful. It's like, yes, man, I am going to be fit. And I put it in the closet. And three years later, we moved. It was still in the closet. And I brought it to our new house. And it went straight into the garage. There's the P90X. And to this day, it's never been used. And I never saw the fruit of it. Never saw the results of it. Had it the whole time. But never used it. And guess, guess what I lost in the process of not using it? The health I could have had. The fit I could have had. Right? Because I had it. Just never used it. And many people are losing the battle. Not because God is not good. Not because he hasn't given us the authority but they're not using the authority and the dominion that God has given us. Are you learning something today? And so Adam gives the dominion over. He gives the authority over to the enemy. And you may say this, well, Pastor Phil, you know, this is good. This is all good. It's, it's Old Testament. Yes, Adam fell. But aren't you grateful that Jesus didn't just leave us in our sinful state? That he didn't just leave us defeated? You know, the Bible says in the New Testament that Jesus redeemed us. You know what that means? Is that when he spilled his blood, that he actually bought us back. Colossians chapter 1 verse uh, chapter one, verse uh, chapter one, verse twelve says this: "Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us." Everybody say, "I'm qualified." Come on, say it loud. I'm qualified through Jesus. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. This morning, if you are, man, fighting through addiction, you need to speak this over your life. No, God has delivered me from the power of darkness. I will not be ruled by darkness because I have dominion in Jesus' name. Delivered us from the power of darkness. Watch and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption, say redemption, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. This is great. I love this. How many of you love this? But you know what? It's not everything. There's actually more. How many of you know with Jesus, there's always more? Do you know that this could be enough for us? We are bought back. We are forgiven. We are delivered. When you close your eyes one day, to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. You're going to be, man, that is amazing. How many of you know that's not enough? But he didn't just leave it there. He actually still gave us back dominion. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 is going to be our theme scripture. For if by one man who, Adam, by one man Adam's offense, death reigned through one 
Listen to this. With Jesus, there's always more. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. Now listen, this is, this is important because this word reign is the same word both times. It says by one man's offense, death reigned. Reign means this, to act like a governor, to exercise the highest influence to control. Listen, the highest influence to control death reign. Now let me ask you a question. Is death still reigning today? Yes. But it says those who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you will reign. Same word. You will govern. You will exercise. You will have the highest influence to control. So here's the reality. Does death reign? It's in the earth. But will it reign in your life will depend on whether you exercise dominion or not. This is why people are like, man, how come this person, you know, I don't see they're, they're getting their prayers answered. And it just seems like, man, they're getting their butt kicked by the devil because death reigns. And you got to get your authority and the dominion that Jesus gave. And you got to use it because if you use it, then you will reign and death will not reign in your life. Listen to these words, the abundance of grace. That's a free gift from God and the gift of righteousness. You can say what you want. You can call me a holy roller. You can call me a Jesus freak. But what I'm going to tell you this is righteous people reign. And I want to reign in light. I don't want to be subservient to the elements. I don't want the enemy to be kicking my butt all the time. No, I want to know who I am. I want to know what I can do in Jesus name. And what the first Adam lost, the second Adam restored to you and I. And I'm making a point here today because Jesus didn't have to give us that back. Although it was in the beginning and he said it twice, he could have just said, you're free, you're redeemed, you're going to heaven. But he made sure that you knew that in the New Testament, you still need dominion. And the good news is God's redemptive plan restores our right to reign in life. It restores our God-given dominion and authority. When do you get the authority? You get the authority the moment you become born again. You have dominion. You know, I was thinking and comparing our life in the New Testament and the Garden of Eden. And I thought to myself, Man, God's goodness is still alive today. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this, As his divine power has given us all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. See, here's the thing. Many people don't have the knowledge. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who's called us by his glory and virtue. Listen, you are not deficient. But what you need is the knowledge to know that you have all things. You need the knowledge to know how to walk in divine dominion that God has given. Come on, let me break this down. Parents, if you don't exercise your dominion with your children, what will happen? Some of you are quiet. You don't want to reveal what your children do. I get it. 
But there has to be an authority. There has to be dominion. And the only one that should be ruling us is God. That's why when we, he says when we submit to the Lord, we can resist the enemy and he will flee. But God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But here's the thing. God has given you dominion, yet you have to exercise it. Now I'm going to say this. If God didn't want you to have dominion, he wouldn't have given it to you. But he got, he gave it to you. Why? So you can guard your garden. Listen, parents, you're going to have to guard the garden of your family. The enemy wants your children. The enemy wants to prove that you can't stay married. The enemy wants to prove that God's word is not true. But thank God we have authority and dominion to be able to overcome the enemy who is already overcome. But God wants us to step into the fullness of the life that he has for us, the life that he enjoys. But you're going to have to guard his goodness in your life. Don't let the enemy steal from your life. Don't allow your health to be stolen. Don't allow the provision that God has to be stolen. But Pastor Phil, how do I exercise the dominion? Come back next week and we'll talk about it. Come on. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.